Hello everybody, my name is James Hill and welcome back to yet another episode of the Talking Bucks podcast. Hey, we're back with another episode and in this podcast episode today, I want to continue the series that we talked about in a previous episode where we're going over a quarterly review of the Buccaneers season so far. And this is being recorded on a Saturday. You guys are going to get a two-for-one special in terms of podcast episodes today. We are going to be doing two podcast episodes today where we're going to be talking about the meh that we have seen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so far in the first quarter of the season. And we're going to be covering the bad as well. We already talked about the good in a previous episode. I know a lot of people may say, James, you mentioned basically everything as good, quote-unquote, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throughout the first quarter of the season. What is left for the meh and the bad categories? Well, don't worry, folks. There's definitely a lot that can be talked about regarding these two categories as well. So, with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and just dive right in to what has been meh so far regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throughout the first quarter of the season. And the first person I want to talk about is Luke Gedeke. Now, Luke Gedeke is in a really interesting situation, right? He is a rookie left guard, and he has gone up against so, so, so many good defensive linemen throughout the first quarter of the season. Grady Jarrett, Kenny Clark, uh, you know, the, the list can just go on and on and on and on. David Onyemata uh, from the New Orleans Saints, Chris Jones from the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just been a lot for Luke Gedeke to handle. And I put him in the meh category because, yeah, he has had his fair share of struggles, but I wouldn't say it's been necessarily bad. If anything, it's been a trial-by-fire situation for Gedeke. I would have been really interested to see what would have happened if Ryan Jensen and Aaron Stinney weren't dealt their injuries earlier in the season in training camp and whatnot, because that could have changed the entire dynamic of what this Buccaneers offensive line could have been. You could have had Jensen as your starting center, Robert Haynes or Aaron Stinney could have been the starting left guard, and Gedeke would have been able to be eased into the action at some point. But now Gedeke is definitely getting his trial by fire, and it has definitely been a tough situation. But again, I don't fully put that on Gedeke. That would be tough for any rookie, be it first round, second round, third round, whatever it may be. Luke Gedeke is a second round rookie, but he played at a very small school in college. This is an incredibly big jump in terms of the overall talent that Gedeke is going up against. So all in all, I feel like he isn't doing bad, but he's not necessarily doing good either, which is why he goes into the meh category here in this first quarterly review. All in all, I feel like Gedeke will be able to learn and improve from this. Of course, I believe he will be able to. And eventually, I feel like he will be doing good for this team, but it's definitely been some tough sledding throughout the first quarter of the season for the young rookie offensive lineman. Another player I want to talk about is Cam Brate. And Cam Brate has been in a tough situation as well. He hasn't been used too much in this offense, the Buccaneers have definitely relied more on Kate Otten and Co'Keefe in this offense, and it's very noticeable. Kate Otten seems like he's the starting receiving tight end. Co'Keefe seems like he's the starting blocking tight end. And then you have Cam Brate, which a lot of people assumed that Cam Brate 
was going to be a starting tight end for this Buccaneers team. I certainly thought he was going to be the clear-cut, far-and-above starting tight end, but that hasn't necessarily been the case so far this year. Now, part of it is a little bit because of injuries. Cam Brate, he was dealing with a concussion that he suffered in Week 4, but even before that, Brate's usage just wasn't necessarily there. It seems like the offensive play calling and whatnot hasn't been relying on tight ends too much so far this season, and that could possibly be an indication of how Brate is doing as a starting tight end, or it could not be. It just could be how the play calling's been going. But regardless, I do have Brate in the meh category here, just because we haven't been seeing too, too much of him, and I feel like the expectations for Brate were certainly higher than what we have seen so far regarding the veteran tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's worth noting, it's worth making a point of, that's why I have Brate in the meh category here. Another player I want to talk about is Russell Gage, and I almost put Russell Gage in the bad category because Gage has not been necessarily what was advertised when he signed with the Buccaneers earlier this offseason. Keep in mind, Gage is on a three-year, $30 million contract, and I'm not saying this was a bad signing. It's still very early in the season. Gage, I still believe, is a very, very good player who is going to be able to contribute for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for not just this season, but for the next couple of seasons as well. I still wholeheartedly believe that, but Gage is kind of in a Cam Brate situation where he's been used so weirdly in the offense. He's been catching a lot of short routes, hasn't been able to do much with the football in his hands. He did have one really nice game, I believe, versus the Green Bay Packers, but that was a game where you didn't have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Julio Jones wasn't there, and, you know, essentially Gage was the not just the number one wide receiver, but the only wide receiver meriting a ton of targets in that matchup. So Gage had a very good matchup in that game and a very good stat line in that game. But aside from that, we haven't seen a lot from Gage that has warranted the $10 million a year price tag so far up to this point. Now, as I said, I do believe this will improve and more continuity and chemistry and whatnot will be able to build up Gage's stat lines moving forward. But so far up to this point, it's been pretty meh. Hasn't been bad necessarily, because as I've said, Gage has at least been getting the football thrown his way. Just hasn't been able to do much with the football in his hands. Now, part of that can be due to play calling. Part of that can be just due to Gage himself as a player so far throughout this first quarter of the season. However you want to spin it, whatever reasoning you want to give, Gage has been meh so far throughout the first quarter of the season, especially given the price tag that he has so far on that contract that he signed earlier in the offseason. But in terms of the overall offense, that is kind of it. Brady's had some definitely meh kind of moments, and the play calling's been kind of meh in certain situations. One thing I want to talk about is running the football, and I don't mind that the Buccaneers are running the football. I think that it is a good thing. It kind of keeps some of that pressure off Brady. I know a lot of people will say, well, the Buccaneers do have a successful passing attack, and I 1,000% agree with that, and they've also invested a lot in their passing attack, but I feel like what a lot of people might not be asking is, does Brady want to throw the football 45 times a game whenever he's 45 years old and this is potentially his last season? 
whenever you have a running back that you are paying $7 million a year to per season, it definitely warrants running the ball more. Brady may not want to throw the football 45 times in a game. If Brady may be saying, hey, you know, let's just run the football more, man. Takes pressure off me. We can set up some different things with play action and whatnot. That's one thing to consider. Also, the contract of Leonard Fournette, that warrants using him more in the running game as well. So those are two things to consider that I feel like are very important in terms of the offensive play calling that the Buccaneers have been having so far in terms of running the football. And that's not what I'm meh about regarding this situation. The play calling has been a little weird in terms of running the football. Uh, the Bucks have been running the football a lot on first and second down to the point where it's honestly come, become kind of predictable where a lot of defenses and a lot of Bucks fans in general can just predict early rushing attempts for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team on a given drive. First down, a lot of people assume the Buccaneers are going to run the football at this point with Leonard Fournette, and I feel like that does need to change a little bit. It's kind of meh, because we've seen some drives really stutter and stall completely with that type of offensive play calling in mind and I feel like it definitely needs to improve and continue I feel like you need to spice up and show a little bit of variety in the running game which I feel like we have seen a little bit throughout the course of this first quarter of the season but we certainly need to see more of it we definitely don't want to have a situation where the Buccaneers play calling is becoming predictable and defenses are able to snuff out what Byron Leftwich is able to do relatively easily definitely don't want situations like that so early rushing attempts by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and that's been kind of meb just because we haven't necessarily seen success with it so far throughout the first quarter of the season so definitely need to pay attention to that but that's just in terms of the offense in terms of the defense you know there's definitely been a couple of meh things that have been going on uh the run defense we got to talk about that in an entirely separate situation because that is uh bordering on bad but again we will talk about that in a separate podcast episode but you know i do want to talk about a little bit of the pass rush i feel like the pass rush has certainly been good so far this year they, they really have been able to you know make make a lot in terms of sacking the quarterback being able to do a lot we've already talked about that in a, a lot of the good categories but one thing I feel like it could improve on is in terms of the defensive line. I feel like that's been kind of meh so far in terms of overall pass rushing efficiency. Uh, Vita Vey has been kind of meh so far uh, throughout the course of the first quarter of the season. And I've talked about this. You know, I've talked about how he's had some good. I believe I mentioned that in the good category. But also, Vita Vey has certainly got to really put his stamp on some games as well. He's being paid like one of the top defensive tackles in the entirety of the NFL. And he's had his good moments this season for sure. But I feel like, especially in terms of pass rush, he can just, uh, certainly do a lot to help out as well. Um, it's just been kind of mess so far. Uh, you know, some guys have had, you know, some step-up type moments. Deidre Senate, Logan Hall, as well as some other guys. But I feel like big Vita Vea definitely has got to show some improvement here. He's been kind of messed so far uh, in regarding to pass rushing ability. I get it. He is getting double teamed, and that's obviously a very, very tough situation to be in. But you definitely want to see some improvement there from the big man, given the contract that he has been getting uh, and, and overall the stuff that he's been able to do. Uh, another thing I want to talk about here in terms of the defense is a little bit of Keanu Neal. He's been kind of messed so far. Has made a couple of mistakes here or there. 
Um, you know, he hasn't been too heavily involved in the rotation. It has been a very heavy dose of Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, Logan Ryan, and Mike Edwards. But with a couple of these guys dealing with injuries, Count O'Neill's definitely got to step up. So, Definitely want to see Neil improve. I have a lot of faith in Neil. I think he's a very good safety in this league, and he definitely fits well with what Todd Bowles, you know, likes in his safeties. And I feel like he will improve. But so far this year, he's definitely been kind of meh. Has missed a couple assignments here and there. Has definitely had a couple of bleh penalties here or there, which hasn't been fun as well. That's definitely got to improve. And whenever you look at penalties as well, I mean, geez, uh, there have been a couple of penalties which have just been back-breaking, just, oh, scratch your head, why why did this happen types of penalties. Hasn't been as bad as we've seen in season past, uh, in seasons past, as I should say, but it's definitely been kind of a mess situation just looking at the uh, overall penalties that the Buccaneers have had, which have stalled drives, extended drives in terms of defensive penalties, uh, stalled drives in terms of offensive penalties. That's definitely got to improve, and, and I feel like it has in the past couple of weeks, but I definitely want to mention it here in terms of meh things that have been going on throughout the first quarter of the season. But really, folks, whenever I think about it, that's that's kind of all the things that I can think about in terms of meh. You know, there, there's been some hiccups in terms of offensive things, in terms of overall efficiency, for sure. Offensive efficiency has been a little bit of an issue, and there's been some things defensively that have been a little bit of an issue, but... You know, there are definitely some other things that are going to be mentioned in the bad category that I wouldn't put in the meh category just because, you know, this is kind of that buffer in between. But all in all, you know, there's definitely some things that need to be improved. Of course there is. The Buccaneers are 3-2 and two right now. If things were 5-0 and oh and they were winning, you know, 90-0, to zero, well, then we'd probably have everything in the good category. But, uh, you know, there, there's definitely been some meh type moments for sure. Uh, Jake Camarda, it's a really interesting, you know, where do I put Jake Camarda? I probably said put him in the meh category here. He's definitely had his bad moments, but I don't think I'm ready to put him all the way in the bad category. Camarda's been a pretty meh punter so far. Uh, he's had some bad punts for sure. He's had some good punts for sure. So I definitely think he's worth going in here somewhere in between. He's still learning. He is still, you know, trying to... I guess, adapt to the NFL's punting and whatnot. So I think that, you know, he definitely has a chance to improve. But so far, he's definitely been pretty meh. We've seen some pretty ugly punts from Camarda in situations where you really needed a good punt. But we'll see if the young rookie can improve and continue here moving forward throughout the season. But he is another guy who would probably go into that meh category. But Anyway, folks, that's where I think I'm going to wrap up this podcast episode with the quarterly review for the meh category. There's definitely some stuff I left out that is going to be in the bad category that is definitely worth addressing, and we will talk about that in a separate podcast episode later today. But anyway, folks, I want to know what your guys' thoughts and opinions are. What do you think is in the meh category for the first quarterly review for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season so far? I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions on this. But anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you all enjoyed, and I will see you all in the next podcast episode. But until then, and as always, guys, goodbye for now, and go Bucks.